Go ahead. The meeting will come to order. Welcome to the September 28th, 2023 meeting of the Human Rights Commission. I'm Commission Chair Karen Clofton. I want to thank our San Francisco Human Rights Commission staff, Amelia Martinez Bankhead, Jessica Campos, Hatim Mansouri, and Anjanette Coates for providing technical assistance with today's meeting. Now I would like to open tonight's uh, meeting with the Ramatush Ohlone land acknowledgement. Commissioner Riley. Sure. We acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Olani, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatush Olani have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in the traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respect by acknowledging the ancestor, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community and by affirming their sovereign's right as first peoples. Thank you, Commissioner Riley. Secretary McKnight, do we have any announcements? Thank you, Chair. This meeting's meeting is being held at San Francisco's hall, City Hall, 1 Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place, room 416. Members of the public can join us in person or participate remotely. Public comment will be available on each item on this agenda. Each speaker will be allowed two minutes to speak. People attending in person will be called to speak first, followed by those attending remotely. Anyone calling in, please mute your phone until asked to speak. Please use the raised hand icon and indicate that you would like to participate in public comment. Thank you, Secretary McKnight. Please call the next item. Please call the, the roll call. Item one, called order and roll call. As I call your name, please affirm your attendance by saying aye. Chair Karen Clopton. Aye. Vice Chair Ann Champion-Shaw. Commissioner Rodrigo Duran. Present. Commissioner Hasib Emran. Aye. Commissioner Mark Kelleher. Commissioner Jason Johnson. Commissioner Jason Pellegrini. Commissioner Leah Pimentel. Commissioner Michael Sweet. Commissioner Irene Yee Riley. Aye. Chair, we do not have quorum this evening. Our votes will not be appropriate. Um, shall we table the items involved with voting? Why don't we table them when they arise in case uh, two commissioners come Thank th you, Chair. throughout the meeting? Thank you. Please call uh, for general public comment, not on the agenda. I Item two, general public comment. Members of the public may address the commission on matters that are within the commission's jurisdiction and are not on today's agenda. This is a discussion item. Now we will open general public comment. Are there any members of the public attending in person who would like to comment on this item? These are items that are not on today's agenda, but within the jurisdiction of the commission. Thank you. People attending in person are invited to make public comment. Public comment is up to two minutes. Please state your name if you'd like to be accounted in the minutes. Welcome, sir. Uh, just one second. Please. Yes, good evening. It's the first time I'm going to be talking to you. Yes, my name is Thierry. I'm French. Uh, Thierry Phil is an artist's name. I've been talking a lot to, since uh, late February, mostly to the Board of Supervisors, but uh, different commissions, police you know, where it feels important to, uh, you know, to have some sort of uh, development of uh, the reason why, uh, okay, I don't want to confuse myself, but just basically here, I think 
the first right is to uh, for you all all of us is to remember that you own yourself you own yourself so it's very important to remember that because it means it's your own private property your reason for being is happiness so you preserve your own property right making sure that nothing comes in your way that it's going to affect your reason for being which is happiness so it works for so that's yeah we don't create divisions it's just we are all the same human beings so we must respect that respect each other in that way that's more than a right it's a duty in fact so like this we can make everybody happy and we can focus with something very emotional in fact which is it's an aspiration for beauty it's easy it's not physical it's just you see it's a concept it's a mindset then we are happy and we can share it because then we want to share it are there any members of the public who would like to make comments hi good evening uh, my name is margaret mcnulty and i'm the new president of ccsd which is Citywide Council of Seniors and Disabled. And I would like to just put my uh, positive energy towards the Human Rights Commission and what you do. Uh, I stumbled in here by accident, but I don't believe in accidents. So um, I'm also uh, a big anti-bullying uh, campaigner for um, kids and kids of all ages and the self-empowerment that comes with it. And I just wanna count our blessings for the human rights that we do share as opposed to the rest of the world, some places in the rest of the world. And I thank you for all the work that you do and hope that we work together in the future. Are there any members of the public who would like to make comment on this item? Yeah. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is uh, David Woods, and I am a general member of the Citywide Council's uh, Senior Disabled. And um, I'm not going to go into all, you know, everything that's wrong, but the building that I'm living in um, is managed by TNDC, which is the Tenderloin Neighborhood um, Development um, Commission or whatever. Anyways, um, we've been having problems with our management for, you know, quite some time. They are managing uh, the building and not the tenants. Um, uh, you know, one example is, um, you know, um, residents, you know, being locked out on the weekend and the guy who's uh, the, who's the maintenance supervisor, as well as the nighttime, um, you know, manager that was happened on a Sunday. I told him he refused to do anything about it, you know, saying that he wasn't working. Um, you know, he, uh, I, um, uh, both the building that I live in and the one next door, I was over there and I inadvertently knocked on his door and he was saying stuff like I wasn't supposed to be over there and, you know, and I was in violation. Um, I sat on the steps next door and, you know, he and also another time the property manager said that I was trespassing, pointing to the no trespassing sign. I've been living at that place for um, 23 years, haven't had that said to me until recently. It's just a, a bunch of things. And, you know, I just feel like we need to be heard. Nothing's being done about any of this stuff. And I'm I'm open to suggestions or whatever. That's that's all I'm gonna say now. Thank you. Are there any members of the public in person who would like to make comment on this item? Chair, I see no other members of the public in person who wish to comment. Are there any members of the public who would like to provide testimony remotely? Please use the raised hand icon. Chair, I see no persons attending remotely who wish to make comment on this item. Seeing none, public testimony is now closed. Secretary McKnight, please call item three. Item three is adoption of the September 14th, 2023 meeting minutes, review and of anticipated adoption of minutes from the commission's September 14th, 2023 meeting. This is a discussion and action item. 
While the minutes from the commission meeting were distributed electronically, we do not have a quorum to approve the minutes this evening, so they will be tabled to the next meeting. Please call the next item, item four. Item four, recognition of Native American Heritage Day. Brief statement from Association of Ramaytush Ohlone on the importance of recognizing Native American Day and California Native American Day, which is celebrated on the fourth Friday in September. Presentation by Greg Castro, Association of Ramaytush Ohlone, American Indian Cultural District. There will be public comment on this item. Thank you. We welcome Greg Castro, uh, the culture director for the Association of the Ramatush Ohlone, ARO, to address the importance of Native American Day. And we really appreciate you coming and all the work that you have done with us, uh, with tribal leaders in moving forward. Thank you very much, Commissioner. Uh, Atuhi, greetings. Uh, my name is Greg Castro, Totral Salinan, Rumson and Ramatushaloni, uh, three of the many communities of indigenous people that still exist in California. And we, we are uh, very grateful to this opportunity to address the commission uh, among the first to adopt uh, land acknowledgement. Um, and uh, we are grateful for that recognition uh, of our ancestors' existence uh, here for more than 10,000 years. So the specialness and distinction of California Native American Day, which was last Friday, um, versus the other celebrations of indigenous community, such as Indigenous Peoples Day and American Indian Heritage Day, they're all very important. But personally, to me, last Friday was especially important because it recognized the uniqueness of California indigenous people, their unique cultures, their unique prehistory as the newcomer Europeans call it, and our unique history since the Europeans came and contact was initiated. And the reason that's important, I think, it directly uh, is, is of interest, I think, to the Human Rights Commission that uh, California has really uh, erased our existence for many, many generations. As we look to other parts of the country today and see other efforts to erase uh, peoples uh, of different colors, history and different cultures. But we must remember California has done the same thing in a large measure because many of us that have gone through the education system K through 12 uh, have learned very little and what little they did learn was probably not accurate about what happened to our people here, especially in the mission areas of which San Francisco is part of that. Uh, that is not really taught or, or wanted to be talked about so much. So much of the work we've been doing and, and myself personally with others have been doing for the last uh, 30 plus years is to correct the curriculum, upgrade the curriculum, find balance within curriculum and the education system that addresses these issues. And the real reason for that is to bring balance because it's not history. It is a community trauma that we still experience every day. If you look at the uh, diminished place of Native American people, and there's so many in this city and county, not all of them California. Some have been relocated from other parts of the country. So we have a vibrant community of relative Native Americans from all across the country, and also from other parts of California. I believe that San Francisco is one of the largest communities of uh, urban Native Americans in the country. And that's where most Native Americans are now, leaving their homelands in various stages of poverty in, in many cases, and coming to the city looking for opportunity. Some were encouraged, some were forced, but in any case, there's many generations of Native Americans here in, in this community. And what's particularly important for us as Ramatush people is that we were pushed out. As I often say, we were the first victims of gentrification. And so, uh, especially during the period of statehood where genocide, enslavement, 
encumbrance were all legislated by the state government, funded by the federal government, and acted upon by local governments and communities. And that is the history that many people don't know, and those that do know don't want to acknowledge it. But I think that our cultural understanding is that you must understand a problem, you must think about the problem, you must know the problem before you can face the problem and fix the problem. And so that's the work we are doing and we, we're making progress with that, both within the Ramatush Ohlone community and within the general Native American community here in, that's uh, so vibrant in, in San Francisco. Uh, I'm a member of the advisory council for the Native American Cultural District and uh, working together with the other communities as best we can. This is a new process for us. Um, and we stumble and we make mistakes, but we're doing good things and we're making progress. The California indigenous people have been here for thousands of years, but in the last 250 years have endured great tragedy and uh, trauma which still endures with us and we still struggle with, but we are still here. And we remember our sacred responsibilities as you acknowledged with the land acknowledgement that we are here to take care of our land that takes care of us, that gave birth to us. And we're here to take care of all the living things on it. And perhaps to our ancestors, they didn't envision what we see today with concrete and asphalt and buildings and different people but they're still part of our responsibility to take care of them. So we've been survived and we endured and we've learned and we've learned to work with the newcomers and their new system. And we appreciate the Human Rights Council for allowing us to do that and for facilitating part of that process. And from there, we've begun to work with other agencies and commissions in the city and county of San Francisco. This place used to be called Yalama and we, often still do call it Yalamu, but it's a very different place. And we acknowledge that reality and we work within that reality. This place needs a lot of healing. I just came from a seminar today where we were part of the training for this sugar tax grant that we received that allows us to do this work. So we're making progress, we're doing good things with the remembrance that we still have a lot more to do. And that's just bringing awareness to about Native Americans, to the public, to California Native people, and to the Ramatush Ohlone who have been here for 10,000 years. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you. Thank you. We really appreciate you coming and uh, ed educating us. Thank you for noting the 10,000 years. <laughs> I think people uh, have blinders on, but they also have a lack of knowledge about it. Mm. Um, and as Professor Felzer presented in the summer about the mission curriculum in elementary schools or what they call lower school now, um, in fourth grade, they have the mission project and they're taught something that is really kind of the opposite of what the reality of the, the missions were about, um, which was really a, a plantation and imprisonment uh, system. But so much of our K through 12 curriculum, certainly in public schools, uh, is based on myth and not uh, actual history. Now we will open public comment. Are there any members of the public attending in person who would like to comment on this item? People attending in person are invited to make public comment. Public comment is up to two minutes. Please state your name if you'd like to be recorded in the minutes. Chair, I see no members of the public attending in person who wish to make comment on this item. Are there any members of the public who would like to provide testimony remotely? People attending remotely are invited to make public comment. Public comment is up to two minutes. Chair, I see no members of the public attending remotely who wish to make comment on this item. Seeing none, public testimony is now closed. Commissioners, do you have any questions or comments for our esteemed guest, Mr. Castro? 
Commissioner Duran. Good evening, Mike Greg Castro. Thank you for coming and, and, and for presenting. And we hope to see you and, and the Native American community uh, present here more often. We will. Well, thank you for having us here, first and <laughs> foremost. And we welcome you into this little home uh, to, to continue to educate us, first and foremost. Um, I would love to hear from you if you can elaborate a little bit more on the work that uh, either the Association of Ramatushaloni has done um, uh, recently or or past uh, years and, and or the American Indian Culture District. Well, I think we both work collaboratively. I think uh, our founder and tribal chair, executive director, Jonathan Cordero has been working in the, addressing the, the uh, issues in this area for a very long time, 15 to 17 years. And I met him around that time and uh, uh, tried not to get involved. I was busy enough in the other issues of California native community, um, but inexorably I got drawn in and uh, because of the importance of the work and the need and the gap. Right? Nowhere else that I saw in my experience where there was such a erasure, a lack of understanding of who was here originally. And so that drew me in and it started with the Portola Expedition commemoration, uh, working with uh, national parks uh, at that point and uh, gradually became, uh, as we became better, more known, we were asked to do more consulting and uh, education and addressing issues and just kind of got reeled in. Um, so now we, we, in addition to a wide variety of agencies within the government here, we're also working with a wide variety of agencies outside, uh, uh, institutions, organizations, uh, Exploratorium, I was there last night uh, for an event, um, but the Presidio and the Presidio Trust and the National Park Service there, uh, including uh, consulting on Alcatraz. Uh, and the curriculum that they're upgrading there. Um, Cal Academy, uh, we're beginning a long-term project with them uh, that they're gonna be establishing a, uh, uh, redoing a part of the wing that uh, will focus on native culture and especially California native culture. And the big one is the Young Museum. Never thought I'd be consulting with them, uh, but they're redoing a wing also wanting to look at indigenous culture, but. Um, on October 7th, we will be, there will be an opening an exhibit uh, about California coastal people. It will go from October 7th to January 7th. There will be two events then. October 7th, the opening day, we'll be doing some presentations, some cultural demonstrations and a panel. And you'll see the, both the photographs and some films that were taken from this documentary uh, exhibition. And, uh, and then a, a another event uh, at the Young on November 4th, where we have additional panel discussions and demonstrations. So uh, it's a, it's also exciting time, exhausting, but exciting time uh, because our awareness is coming up and we're now seeing an openness to discussing these issues for lots of people of color and particularly native uh, community uh, awareness has people wanting to interact with us and learn more about us. Thank you very much. Um, do you think our Secretary McKnight, maybe uh, it would be great if we can follow up and if there are any flyers or any um, uh, any any information on that that we can circulate so that we stay uh, up to date okay. with all the great work that you're doing. Yeah. I personally uh, would really appreciate it and be excited to to partake and see it come to fruition. Thank you. Commissioner Amron. Uh, thank you, uh, Madam Chair. Uh, Mr. Castro, I want to thank you for presenting um, to this body. It's an important day, and I wish you all the best of uh, celebrating the 56th annual California Native American Day. I understand this year's theme was protecting our people through sovereignty, past, present, and future. Um, and although the past hasn't always been pretty, let's say, uh, for lack of better terms, um, Native Americans are the first Americans. And I believe that the history, the language, the tradition, the cultures should always be celebrated, like you said, in our history books. And although there's sins of the past, looking ahead into the future, um, it's, it's up to us 
to make sure that our kids and, and grandkids and our future generations are understanding of this history and they're taught the entire picture. Um, and I just want to thank you for that work and spreading that message. Um, and that land acknowledgement is just one way of finding, um, trying to right the wrongs, you know? Um, so I just want to thank you. I hope it was a great day. It should be a whole month. <laughs> That's November. <laughs> okay, good, good. I'm glad to hear that. And uh, just looking forward to continuing my own understanding, broadening my own understanding and scope of, of the Native American culture and continuing to shine that light. Um, so I want to thank you again. Thank you. Okay, thank you, commissioners. <laughs> thank you again, Mr. Castro, for being here today. And we look forward to seeing you in November um, <laughs> when we will have an in-depth presentation by the American Indian Cultural District in honor of Native American uh, Heritage Month. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Secretary, please call item five. Item five, presentation on Human Rights Commission Department budget 2023 to 2024. Presentation on the department's approved 2023-2024 budget. Presentation by Director Cheryl Davis, Executive Director, San Francisco Human Rights Commission. This is a discussion item. We're excited to hear about the approved budget for, the, for this fiscal year. Uh, each spring, we hear the proposed budget. We actually start hearing about it in February, usually. And, um, you know, then we hope for the best as it goes through the, the review, the analysis, and all of that among the many priorities that the mayor must balance uh, in, the, in the city. Um, it is a $14 billion city and county budget overall. Um, and I think in terms of having any real discretion, it's probably maybe $4 billion, right? Um, things that aren't necessarily earmarked that have to be uh, in, in the budget. So there's not a lot of flexibility, contrary to what many people believe, given that we are a city and a county. We have to provide, we are obligated uh, both by the federal government and the way that our, our city is organized to provide certain services. Um, so there isn't as much flexibility as many people think because the overall budget is so large. Uh, so I'm, I'm very excited about uh, hearing about what the final numbers are and, and uh, the, the impact on the staff as well as programming and what are what the department's goals are uh, for the year ahead. Thank you. Thank you, Chair Kaufman. Uh, commissioners, my name is Jun Liang and uh, I am an admin analyst for the Human Rights Commission. And let me give you a budget update for the fiscal year 23-24, the new fiscal year budget. Uh, let's go to the next page, please. Thank you. Uh, so let's take a look at the budget schedule since June. So just in case, if you're not familiar, June 30th is the uh, fiscal year end uh, for uh, the city. And But back in June, all the departments already presented their budget proposals to the Budget and Appropriation Committee. And then uh, back, uh, in, back on July 26, uh, the new budget and appropriation ordinance was passed by the Board of Supervisors and also approved by uh, Mayor Bree. And then, now there's only 12 months to a year, but from uh, June 30th to sometime in August, we call it the month 13, because uh, we'll give, uh, say, the grantees and suppliers to uh, for some time to put together their uh, uh, last month's invoice and for the departments also to put together their uh, fourth quarter uh, billings. And then uh, uh, this year it was August 11th uh, and then the, uh, the general ledger actuals uh, closed. And then uh, also uh, back in August, uh, the budget and probation committee also approved the ACBACs and uh, the Human Rights Commission also received our uh, ACBACs. I want to mention that there it, within the ADPACs, there, uh, there were the uh, $2 million Office of Reparations in there. Uh, and Can you describe for uh, the public, uh, as well as commissioners, what an ADBAC is? Uh, 
activities? Uh, so the add back is, um, and we probably they've asked us to not use that language, so I'll make sure we do that in the future. It is basically a process by which the Board of Supervisors adds additional money to a um, to a budget or to a department's budget. So the idea being that there are additional funds um, during this process that happens at the Board of Supervisors. Um, typically, after the board has gone through the month long process of hearing the final presentations from departments, they've done uh, public comment on what it is that folks want um, or what the community would like to see happen. There's a process by which they move money from different places where the mayor ha may have allocated it. And then they take that money from um, where it was initially allocated and add it to someone else's uh, departmental budget um, with a specific project or um, um, program in mind. Thank you so much, Director Davis, for the detailed explanation. Uh, and also, uh, just uh, this past week, uh, the controller's office and also the mayor's budget office also uh, made the decision on the menu carry forward. So we successfully carry forward some funding from the fiscal year 23 to 24. Uh, let's go to the next slide, please. And just for background on that as well. So carry forward just means it's basically like the, the city likes you to start at zero every year. And because um, sometimes through the RFP process or through the procurement process or through staffing, um, money doesn't get spent uh, in uh, the time frame allotted. And so theoretically, they could take that money back at the end of the year instead of carrying it over. Um, because ideally, you're supposed to be at a zero balance, mm -hmm. and then they give you the money and you start over. And technically, um, typically, any money that's left in your budget or in your account at the end of the year. Um, goes back to the general fund, but they have allowed us to carry that money forward. Right, and I'm I'm confident that next year we won't we shouldn't have any uh, a large uh, amount of uh, uh, funding that we need to carry forward. We'll be able to spend it on uh, spend it down. Um, let's see, I was in right. Oh, let's go to the next slide, please. Oh, oh this is the one. Uh, so during the large budget cycle. Uh, the city uh, do had all the department to submit a 5% reduction uh, because, you know, according to their projections. Uh, but even because of uh, even uh, of that, uh, the Human Rights Commission, though, now we receive over $20 million of funding from other departments to support us. Now, those funding, including uh, our food, uh, food, uh, food justice programs, mental health services programs, uh, Office of tra uh, Trans Initiatives, uh, capacity building and also more. And uh, now at the end, uh, you know, the Human Rights Commission operating uh, fund uh, did decrease by 5%, uh, which is about $400,000. And also the mayor's budget office did take, took away, you know, $2 million of our reserve funding. But uh, we did uh, receive more than $2.5 million of APAC funding and and there were that uh, $2 million for off Office of Reparations. And let's go to the next slide, please. Right. So here, I want to uh, show you the uh, Human Rights Commission total budget in categories. Now, this includes the adopted budget and also the funding help from the other departments. Uh, uh, there are three different categories. So uh, the first category is operating fund. I also call it the annual fund. So that's the money that you're supposed to spend uh, everything within the fiscal year. So there is uh, salaries and benefits. Uh, Non-personnel services are like uh, travel and training uh, for the staff, uh, and printing and so on. And there's the annual uh, grant programs, uh, $1.5 million. Uh, materials and supplies is, uh, for example, we buy food for the events, uh, we buy uh, office supplies, services of other departments basically uh, like we pay rent to real estate, uh, we pay the computer and, and phone bill to DT and such. And, and the total comes down to about $8 million. The second category is program fund. We call it continuing fund because the program fund support the multiple year initiatives and projects. And you can see that we have over $5 million of uh, DreamKeeper initiative uh, funding. Uh, 
Mental Health Services Act uh, funding also uh, $5 million. And there's food security programs funding, uh, cultural affirm affirming wellness programs, opportunities for all. There is two different uh, capacity building funding that focuses on different things. Uh, there is Office of Transgender Initiatives. There is Office of Racial Equities and more. And all the program funding total about uh, it's more than $24 million. And for the APAC fundings, we can see the $2 million Office of Rep uh, Reparations. There is the District 10 Safety Plan Implementation, uh, Youth Programs, our programs, and more. Uh, so, and the department total comes down to uh, more than $36 million. And I also want to mention that, I mean, we are, we are almost at the end of quarter one, and we've been also working with other departments, and there is actually more funding coming in to help us. Uh, let's go to the next slide, please. And uh, this is basically our uh, total budget in pie charts because, you know, the previous slide, we put them in columns and you might not like it. And this is, uh, I hope that this uh, helped you to visualize the entire budget. So the larger uh, circle on the left side, it's the uh, total budget of the department. Uh, the left-hand side, that smaller um, uh, circle is basically just a, uh, well, it's uh, illustration of that uh, smaller other 11% uh, because, you know, there's not enough space to squeeze all the wordings in there. And as you can see, uh, our funding is rather evenly distributed. Uh, you, you can see that the operating salaries uh, takes out about 11% of our total budget. Uh, Dreamkeeper initiative, about 15%. Um, so office of reparation now is about 6% of our budget. And you can take a look at all the other um, budget line items. Uh, let's take. Uh, let's go to the next slide, please. Right. And here I want to show uh, our staff growth. So as you can see, that we've been uh, steady growing the number of positions for the Human Rights Commission, and that's because we have so many, you know, program funding that's coming in, and, uh, and you know, you, you can see that for the five past five years we've been you know hiring a lot of talent to manage all the grants you know and we also hire managers to manage the staff and basically just trying to right size the number of staff you know according to you know the size of our budget and uh, this concludes my presentation thank you um could you go back for just a second uh whoever's moving the slides one more there was something i think on that oh i just wanted to make note of um, the request for funding um, or moving the Office of Reparations, just to make note that although we have funding in the budget, it does not mean that we are authorized to spend that money. The mayor's budget office have, has to give us approval. And at this point in time, that is up in the air about whether or not that funding will be approved. And so it's not a matter of how quickly we can hire or move the, the work. We have to get um, approval and authorization to access those funds from the mayor's budget office, and that is still um, being worked on. Thank you, Dr. Lewis. So that concludes that part of the presentation. Okay. Did you have anything that you wanted to add? No, I think the the main thing is, as you can see, we've had um, tremendous growth over the last uh, year, definitely the last couple of years. But um, when I came here in 2016, we were less than a $3 million um, budget annual, and there were less than 10 people working in the department. So we've seen tremendous growth. We are in the phase now of trying to make sure that we have the infrastructure and the staffing to support all of the programs and the funding. We're in the final stages of hiring a, um, a CFO. Um, that is, it has been challenging. I just want to thank uh, John Liang, who came in when we were a much smaller department with a much smaller budget and has been helping us move through this. But in similar ways, we are also still trying to support and manage the grant making arm that has been developed, the um, ability to 
uh, efficiently and effectively move through the procurement process. And that has been a learning curve as well. So we are in, there is a new uh, finance person that is starting next week that will be able to help with that. And so just want to acknowledge there have been some, um, some missteps and some kinks along the way to go from $3 million to a $30 million budget and not necessarily increase the amount of finance staffing that is in the department. Um, John has been doing that work independently. So thank you. Terry, um, Terry uh, Jones has recently joined and been helping and has been tremendous with uh, along with Athena, who is no longer with us to develop and establish the protocols and to really manage the invoicing. But um, that is one piece that I think we're hoping to improve on. I also want to just acknowledge and recognize the staff that are managing those contracts and grants and um, helping to process that. Um, and, and, you know, again, just to acknowledge that we are um, trying to finish up a few more RFPs to get that done. But I would say the main thing that we want to work on with the mayor's budget office and with our finance team um, is to establish uh, protocols and procedures to make sure that we are in compliance um, and that we are able to, to track those dollars and do a good job of not just tracking the money, but understanding the impact. I am less concerned with um, spending a lot of money for quality and making sure that we treat the people um, that we serve with dignity um, and more concerned about making sure that we are measuring impact. Right. And sometimes it costs more money to serve one person. Um, and we have really tried to shift from saying we're going to um, meet quotas and have people serve hundreds of people with a limited amount of money and be more intentional about maybe serving fewer people, but doing a better job of serving those people and getting them to um what they define as success or what whole looks like. So really want to thank you all as we've gone through this process to do a better job of getting the budget before you and going through that process. Want to acknowledge that come um, November, December, we will have to. So I don't know if that's something you all want to have Jen come back for, but we will have to by February give um, our budget recommendations to um, the mayor's office. And I know last time we've been a little delayed. So if there are conversations that this body would like to have before then we should um, plan them before the end of the year. Right. Correct. Thank you, Dr. Davis. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Liang, we appreciate all of your hard work. And how it's evolved. I've watched how it's evolved. The budget's evolved over the last five years. It's quite uh, daunting. And the process is daunting as the economy has changed uh, in light of the pandemic issues. Um, now we will open public comment on this item. Are there any members of the public attending in person who would like to comment on this item? People attending in person are invited to make public comment. Public comment is up to two minutes. Please state your name if you'd like your name to record it in the minutes. Hi, it's Margaret McNulty. Again, I just have a question. Um, you mentioned that you're waiting for London Breed to approve the reparations budget or spending. Do you know how you're going to spend that once you get the approval? Like, can you move on it fast? Oh, just so we know, uh, we don't respond. Oh, okay. Uh, sua sponte to public comment. Okay. Then but, but we do note it. I'll and, word it differently. Um, and after public comment, commissioners will be asking questions of the presenters. So that's kind of okay. the, the order of Thanks. service, as it were. I would like to so just- I don't want you to feel that we're being unresponsive <laughs> or rude, but we won't we won't uh, comment or answer. Procedure. Yeah, I'm that's so, the procedure. Sorry, I'm just getting to know this. No, no, no apologies. But um, <laughs> I would like to reword myself then and say that I would hope that uh, in the future that you have a plan laid out that you'd be able to dole out the money appropriately as quickly as you can once you get the go ahead. <laughs> Thanks. Great job. Thanks. 
Are there any other members of the public attending in person who would like to make comment on this item? Chair, I see no other members of the public attending in person who would like to make comment on this item. Are there any members of the public who would like to provide testimony remotely? Please use the raised hand icon. People attending remotely are invited to make public comment. Public comment is up to two minutes. Chair, I see no persons attending remotely who wish to make public comment on this item. Seeing none, public testimony on this item is now closed. Commissioners, do you have any questions or thoughts for doc, uh, Dr. Davis or uh, Mr. Liang? Oh, let's see what's happening here. There we go. Commissioner Pimentel. Thank you for your presentation. I just had one question. Was the two million in add back added because the reserve funding was taken away, or was the add back always going to be um, a part of the budget? So, with regards to the um, two million dollars, that is specifically for the Office of Reparations. That is um, all of the additional dollars, all the money that came through that add back process were specific to um, projects that the supervisors put forward. So it was not, uh, it is not meant to cover the gap or the deficit that we had from uh, the cuts that happened. Thank you. Commissioner Duran. Um, thank you very much for the presentation. Um, so I have three questions, um, uh, clarifying questions. One is, um, can you just, it clarified how much was carried forward. Jen. So uh, just uh, out of my head, there is the uh, over. Actually, who's running the slides? Can you put the slide back up and we can go through that and look at it? Oh, I, I don't have the uh, menu carry forward uh, on any. Well, I just want to do it based on, I don't want you to oh. go from your head. I want to go from what's on the, um, on the slide. Mm -hmm. So there was, can you go back? I think it was the other. So, oh, you didn't put the amount no. in there. Okay. Right. So, because of the, um, uh, there's so, some. So, basically, the carry forward was based on a couple of different things that I can say off top. One was we've been holding for a while funding specifically for capacity building for nonprofits. And that was something we were trying to align with other departments where, mm -hmm. that were doing that work. There was an amount of money that was set aside for opportunities for all mm -hmm. that was also in holding while we were figuring out there were some issues with um, another department that was supposed to add it to a contract. And there were some issues with that contract was over the threshold. It had to go to the board of supervisors. If we gave that money, it would deter, it would delay the time. And so they were already, they're already been, they've already been waiting two years to get funding. We didn't want to further delay that. And so um, part of it was for that. And then there were some other additional things with the American Indian Cultural District where we were delayed with rolling out because the partnership, um, they wanted to do some work with community before they advanced the funding. Mm -hmm. So they were very specific to most of the carry forward were um, projects that were initiated by um, the supervisors that were placed with us to move forward. And sometimes in, there were a couple of instances where we didn't even know the money had been put into um, place for us to advance this work. So most recently there was funding for um, arts consulting and to do an audit and to do um, some work to talk about equity in the arts mm. that had been placed with us probably two years ago. The supervisor that placed it there had initially wanted to move it somewhere else. We didn't realize that it never got moved. So we are now in the process of going back through all of these various um, funding sources that we had been charged to do work with that we had never been formally informed that um, there was an expectation for us to do that work. Thank you very much, Dr. Davis, and, and thank you for the great work. Uh, my other two questions are just uh, so with the uh, I'm you know I'm new to the commission. Uh, can you expand on what, how has the Office of Transgender Initiatives grown, or what's the plan to grow it, and how do you foresee that program um, so, serving the people? 
So the Office of Transgender Initiatives technically does not sit within us. It sits in the city administrator's office. They do not have grant making authority. And so the funding for transgender initiatives sit with us, um, mainly because they were with us, many of them before the Office of Transgender Initiatives started. Mm -hmm. And so now the funding for those initiatives sit mainly with the HRC and the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development. Um, because of the way that it, it sits and where it's situated, I think that it would take um, either uh, legislation or a charter amendment of some sort for the Office of Transgender Initiatives to be a grant-making body. Um, and so they have... Um, expanded that office specifically has expanded its staff and they are doing work but they are more focused on policy and community engagement and then with the funding that we do the initial funding was focused on um, violence prevention and community safety and was doing assessments and evaluations of what programs existed and then doing work to um, ensure that those communities could feel safer um, we are now through Dreamkeeper Initiative, we've done more funding for Black trans initiatives, and then we leveraged some of the funding that we had from Dreamkeeper and um, the Office of Racial Equity to expand um, the programs that we're doing services for the community safety violence prevention, because as we've seen nationally, there is an attack against our LGBT, but specific trans community, um, trans partners, trans allies. And so um, we've increased the amount of programs that we fund in the community safety violence prevention area. But we work really closely. Um, there was some funding that we had set aside for the Office of Transgender Initiatives to support the trans cultural district. And so we work really closely with them to ad address the issues and challenges that they see come up, but we support mainly through the financial piece. Mm. And then um, the OTI, they manage the policy and kind of community engagement pieces. Thank you very much. And the last is, uh, what does the acronym or THAC stand for, for Native American community? It's the truth and healing and reconciliation. So I think I, I need to see what the mm -hmm. initials are, but technically we were doing the truth healing and truth healing and reconciliation committee. They wanted the work that we were doing with the, the reason that the HRC was selected is that the um, American Indian Cultural District wanted the work that we were doing with um, the reparations body to be similar to what they were doing. And then we were also doing work with um, Fanya Davis, who has been leading truth and reconciliation work around the world. And so they wanted to see um, something similar happen in that space. And so that's part of why that that funding is, is there. And that work is um, under the title that probably was introduced when um, the ad back was created, but the American Indian Cultural District is really driving and, and framing that work. Last comment. Y'all do great work. Thank <laughs> you very much. I love the work that the staff does and led by you, Dr. Davis. That's incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Riley. Um, hi, thank you for the presentation. And uh, on the HRC total budget in categories, under the uh, operating fund, the city the city grant program. Uh, what is the city grant program other than? Oh, thank you, Commissioner, for the uh, question. Uh, so that is under operating fund, which means it's uh, the annual grant programs. Now, so when I first started working for the department, there was none of all the adbacks and program funds, there is only operating fund. That's why uh, Director Davis mentioned at the very beginning, we only had $3 million. Uh, so, and that is right now is basically just part of the our grant funding. Now just a part of it, you know, so adbacks uh, have our grant fundings and also all the program funds. So it's a labeling internal like labeling because when when Jun first started, we our budget was so small, we basically only tracked salaries and um, and miscellaneous and other things. And so we've been trying to um, do more so that we can track those things. And so that is the framing that he has for the initial funding that we had, um, the grants that were being made uh, in that space. And so we're trying to, it's the city grant pieces. So is that correct, Jun? Those are the 
Right. It's just uh, they are. It's just a bucket. It's just a way that we call it. And I'm not sure if that's where, like, where's the um, funding that we have for the API grant? Is it in that bucket or is it? In oh, we already spend spend everything uh, in Comfort and spend. But money. where where does that live? The that funding. The that funding is in the program fund. Okay. Right. So once it moves, so that's the place where we hold it until it gets put to a specific program. And is administered by HRC? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Okay. All right. Well, thank you again um, for really for everything. And this is really great news. I get the impression this is good news, right? <laughs> I, everything I heard was good. So <laughs> I didn't hear anything bad. So um, it's amazing, really. Uh, and we appreciate, you know, that you are calling out both fixed and variable costs and making it clear what the budget is and all of that. And I, you know, that kind of uh, transparency and accountability is fantastic. So we appreciate that from um, from from you, your expertise, and from under uh, Dr. Davis's guidance and leadership uh, as we have expanded <laughs> the budget and what's expected uh, of of the the commission and the department. So thank you. We, we appreciate all the hard work that you put in. And of course, all the hard work that Dr. Davis has put in in overseeing this. And with that, uh, Mr. Secretary, please call item six. Item six, vote on commission support for African-American Reparations Advisory Committee final report recommendations 2023-2024. Commissioners will discuss and vote on proposed motion for September 14th meeting. That motion reads, the Human Rights Commission fully endorses the African-American Reparations Committee report and recommendations and adds the names of the commissioners to the report support. This is a discussion and action item. Uh, so I just want to say once again, and I will be saying this at every meeting moving forward uh, through at least January, that the work and the report of the African-American Reparations Advisory Committee is absolutely essential to our city's work towards uh, healing, uh, healing past injustices, which we've discussed here today about uh, the first peoples as well. Uh, and this work uh, in addressing anti-Black racism and injustice is fundamental as we develop a path towards uh, a bias-free future that continues to support and encourage uh, and be really a role model for the rest of the country. Everybody is looking at us. Uh, the report is, is a guide uh, or a recipe, so to speak, for hope, uh, and it's grounded in an investment as well as an obligation to the African-American community of San Francisco. Unfortunately, because we do not have a quorum, we are not going to be able to ratify the vote that we took uh, before because there was a, the small glitch of not putting possible action item, which we're looking at rectifying that in all future agendas to make sure that we put possible action item so that we don't come across this uh, uh, problem in the future. And with that, I move uh, that we table it until the next meeting to ratify our uh, September 14th uh, vote. And since there's no objection to that, we will table that and we put it at the head of the agenda uh, in our October meeting. Item seven, activities in the community. 
commissioner's report on events in the community they have attended or wish to notify the commission of in advance. This is a discussion item. Commissioners, would you like to share any activities you have participated in since we last met or any upcoming activities that you'd like us to amplify? Commissioner Duran. Thank you, Madam Chair. Happening now live downstairs is the Latino Heritage Month celebration. And I welcome everyone here in the commission and the public to join us for a night uh, to honor uh, the Latino Latinx community, uh, all their, their initiatives and their contributions to this community. And uh, I hope uh, you can join us for, for a great time. Commissioner Imran. Uh, thank you, uh, Madam Chair. I, I will not be long because I want to get downstairs too. Uh, but um, I, last Friday, I got to attend uh, the Chinese Cultural Services Center's um, they're honoring Harrison Lim at, at the Far East Cafe in San Francisco's Chinatown. And the, the CCSC does a great job of helping low-income San Franciscans um, in regards to vocational training, um, help securing jobs. And it was actually great to recognize a, a, a real trailblazer in the community. Mr. Harrison Lim was a teacher and an advocate for, for many, many uh, years. Um, so that was really nice. And then the very next morning, um, I was right back in San Francisco's Chinatown. It was the kickoff. Um, of the Autumn Moon Festival too. And I got to be there um, in San Francisco's Chinatown. It feels like a very, very special time here in San Francisco. Uh, the weather's good, uh, the people are happy and and I think uh, the good times are, are, are gonna keep keep going. So thank you, uh, Madam Chair, you'll be. Commissioner Riley. Uh, thank you for attending those uh, events. Um, I was supposed to attend uh, uh, mid Autumn Festival as well as, well as the Charity Association. Unfortunately, I uh, fell and hurt myself. I have to skip those uh, uh, events. And But I did uh, attend the uh, Board of Supervisors meeting uh, virtually. I was able to, I had the opportunity to listen to Dr. Davis and uh, Chair Clopton's uh, speech. Um, and I sat through the all four, four and a half hours of uh, public uh, testimony. It was a good meeting, and uh, I think that everybody's happy about the outcome of that meeting as well. All right. Well, thank you all. Um, I will say that the reparations, uh, it was kind of a reparations day on, on uh, September 19th. Uh, we started out with the rally on City Hall steps at noon uh, with many speakers from many different communities, all in support of the reparations report. And, uh, and it was led by the chair and vice chair of the uh, reparations committee, um, Chair uh, McDonald and uh, Vice Chair Hollins. And uh, it was very inspirational and to hear all kinds of different people come up, uh, whether they were from the uh, Asian Pacific community uh, or uh, the Native uh, American community, as well as uh, the Jewish community. And so uh, it was very uh, heartening to hear the support. And then we all went into, after having a great lunch, <laughs> we had uh, an amazing time in the supervisor's chambers, uh, hearing the presentation by Dr. Davis, as well as the chair and vice chair of the committee on the report and about what can be done immediately so, you know, those things have been identified, which is also very encouraging. We have uh, identified what can happen while the uh, monetary aspects are being discussed and considered. Um, so, and that starts with an apology, uh, an acknowledgement that is not unlike our 
land acknowledgement that we have uh, developed with tribal leaders. So uh, I say all of that to say we're on track where I think it's a good, good road that we're on. And, uh, and I look forward to continuing to have this conversation. Um, it was an amazing day. And then next week we have uh, an amazing conference uh, called the Third Annual Pathways to Parity, and that's on October 5th and 6th, Thursday and Friday of next week. Uh, and it's a conversation with some of the nation's most forward-thinking experts on transformational economic empowerment strategy and related impacts. Uh, please sign up online. There are flyers and... Um, the Thursday evening event is with Pulitzer Prize winner, Nicole Hannah-Jones, who uh, developed, curated, et cetera, the 1619 project while she was at the New York Times. And, uh, and then Friday evening, the closing ceremonies will be here at City Hall uh, in the North Light Court. So again, there are flyers. If you need anything, please contact the commission secretary or uh, uh, Davi. And um, I think that's all we have this evening. Um, my next event is with the San Francisco Foundation celebrating its 75th anniversary here in San Francisco. So I would like to adjourn when we get to that part of our agenda in honor of the 75th anniversary of the San Francisco Foundation. Now we will open public comment. Are there any members of the public attending in person who would like to comment on this item? People intending in person invited to make public comment. Public comment is up to two minutes. Please state your name if you'd like to be recorded in the minutes. Please. Hi, my name is Margaret McNulty, and I would just like to say in closing that I'm very impressed with the work that you do, and I'm encouraged and inspired, and I'm really looking forward to becoming a part of the work you do as well. Thank you for, for all the effort that you put in. It's really impressive. Are there any members of the public attending in person who would like to make comment on this item? Chair, I see no other persons of the public attending in person who want to make comment on this item. Are there any members of the public who would like to provide testimony remotely? Please use the raised hand icon. Chair, I see no person attending remotely who wish to make public comment on this item. Seeing none, public testimony is now closed for this meeting and for this item. Mr. Secretary, please call the next item. Item eight, adjournment. I move. Is there a second? So it's been moved by Commissioner Riley and seconded by Commissioner Pimentel to adjourn the meeting in honor of the 75th anniversary of the San Francisco Foundation. I wanna thank uh, the members of the public and commissioners for participating in the September 28th, 2023 convening of the San Francisco Human Rights Commission. Our next meeting is scheduled for Thursday, October 12th. Are there any objections to adjournment at this time? Seeing none, by acclamation, this meeting is adjourned.